The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Would you open your Bibles and turn to uh, Numbers, Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Today I'm continuing with my series of messages, Chosen for Destiny. And today I want to speak specifically about falling short of destiny. I know a thing or two about that because many, many years ago, I almost fell short of my destiny. And so I want to talk to you today about falling short of destiny. In Numbers chapter 14, now we have been talking about how God led Israel in the wilderness from one wilderness season to another. Well, Israel came upon one season and it was reported to them that there was giants in the land. And they were gripped with fear. They were gripped with dread. So verse four, chapter 14, verse 1 says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? that our wives and our children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of, of the children of Israel, saying, This is the land. That the land we pass through to spy out is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delights in us, in other words, if it's according to God's good pleasure, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Here Israel is getting ready to fall short of their destiny. Remember we read in Exodus chapter 19 how God had brought Israel out of Egypt and Israel had gone from one season of the wilderness to another. They had left Rephidim, Exodus, Exodus. That's what I want to say. Exodus 19 says they had left Rephidim the wilderness of Rephidim, and they came to the wilderness of Sinai. And they were camped before the mount. And Moses went up to the Lord, and the Lord called out to Moses, and God said to Moses, I want you to tell the children of Israel my destiny for them. Tell them, you see how I brought you out of Egypt on eagle's wings, and how I brought you unto myself. If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, 
you will be a special, a peculiar people to me above all the people of the earth, for the earth is mine. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This was God's destiny for Israel. They would be his special people, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and he would take them to a promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. That was their destiny. But that first generation of the Israelites, they fell short of that destiny. So the first generation of the Israelites, except for Caleb and Joshua, the first generation of, of the Israelites that came out of Egypt, that first generation became a lost generation. They became a lost generation because they fell short of their destiny and they died off in the wilderness. I'm telling you, when you face with the wilderness, you have a choice to make. You have to decide that you're going to live and not die. You're going to live and believe to see the goodness of, of the Lord and fulfilling the destiny that he's chosen for your life. Can you say amen? So God chose Israel for a special destiny. But according to Ephesians chapter 1, he's chosen every one of you, every one of you for his chosen destiny. Ephesians chapter 1 said, God chose you before the foundation of the world. I want you to think about this. And he predestined you according to his good pleasure. In other words, what God has for your life, it's, it's the thing, the very thing that brings pleasure to him. Amen? And we need to understand we're not here just for ourselves. We're here to give glory to God. And so we should want to fulfill whatever destiny God has for our life because that destiny is according to the good pleasure of his will. But in life, things happen. There'll be circumstances. There'll be seasons of the wilderness. Amen? But like I told you last week, circumstances and seasons of the wilderness, they, they, they may come, and, but they change. Amen? But your destiny remains the same. So a lot of stuff happens to us in life, but just remember this. All that stuff is subject to change. Circumstances. Whatever the season is, those things may change, but God's destiny remains the same. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says to everything, there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Amen? Amen? So during the time between acknowledging your God-given destiny, and some people take, they take times, sometime before they come to a place where they will acknowledge it, but between the time of acknowledging your God-given destiny and the actual fulfillment of that destiny, there are wilderness seasons. And that's the part we don't like to hear about. God did that to Israel, and he's going to do it for us too. There are wilderness seasons. In other words, there's a lot of education and preparation. God will give us opportunities for education and preparation so that we're ready for the fulfillment of our destiny. Although your destiny is ready for you, 
many of us are not just yet ready for our destiny. You see, Canaan land was always ready for Israel, but Israel wasn't ready for that land that flowed with milk and honey. But God uses the wilderness. He uses the wilderness to take us to our chosen destiny. And last week, I began to tell you about the wilderness. Because this is where we, we fall short of our destiny. It's, it's when we're in the wilderness, when we're faced with the wilderness. The wilderness is an uninhabited place. It's a place you really don't want to be. You know, things happen to us in our lives. We have situations, circumstances, and we just don't want to be in that place or in that space at that time in our lives. The wilderness is, is a desert place. A desert is a bare place. Many of you know what it is to have bareness in your bank accounts, bareness on the shelves in your kitchen, your pantry, bareness. That's a desert place. But the desert is also a place of desolation and loneliness. When you think it's nobody but you going through, dealing with what you're dealing with, nobody cares. But I'm telling you, God is using that for your education and your preparation. He's getting you ready to fulfill your destiny. So even though there's tests and trials, there may become times of, of proven humiliation, times where God disciplines us and really purifies us. He's getting us ready while we're going through the wilderness the same way he did for Israel. So I'm talking today about falling short of your destiny. So what causes you to fall short of your destiny in the wilderness. What causes you to fall short? All we have to do is look at what Israel went through and how they responded to it and what caused them, that first generation, to fall in the wilderness. They fell short of their destiny in the wilderness. So what causes that? What caused that? I believe one of the first things that causes your failure while you're in the wilderness, is a lack of vision. A lack of vision. Israel had lost their vision of a promised land. They had lost their vision of a land that flowed with milk and honey. Why did they lose their vision? Because of the things they went through. And each season they went through in the wilderness, they were faced with different tests and trials, and those tests and trials distracted them to the point where they lost sight of what Moses preached to them about God's destiny for them. So the thing that causes us to fall short of our destiny, first and foremost, is a lack of vision. We just lose that mental sight. That's what the word vision means. It means to have mental sight. Can you see? If you believe that God has a destiny for you, can you see it by faith? Can you see it through the eyes of your mind? Can you see it? Or have you allowed your circumstances, your tests and your trials to blind you of that God-given vision? Israel lost sight of it. They lost sight of the of the vision that Moses preached to them. And we know what Proverbs say about that. Proverbs says, where there is no vision, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he who keeps the law, happy is he. In other words, he who obeys God's voice, he who 
keeps God's covenant and his commandments. Happy is he. Without a vision, we will fall short of our destiny in our seasons in the wilderness. This is what happened to Israel in Numbers chapter 13. We just read in our text how they responded to what happened in chapter 13. When God spoke to Moses and he said, send out spies and 12 spies into the land. You know, one from each tribe of Israel. Spout the land. Check it out. See if it's a good land or not. I want you to know it firsthand. See if, if, if the people be strong or weak. See if the cities be fortified or not. So Moses sent 12 spies out into the land, and the 12 spies found out that the promise of Canaan was so. It was exactly what God said through Moses. It was a land that flowed with milk and honey. They gathered the fruit of the land. They gathered the grapes, uh, clusters of grapes. They carried them on a pole between two of them, and they brought back the grapes, the figs, and the pomegranates. But they saw giants in the land. So when they came back and reported to Moses and the congregation, they said the land is truly good, like God said, but there are giants in the land. And we can't take that land because there's giants in the land. They were beginning to lose sight of the vision right then and there because of giants in the land. There's giants in everybody's land. But God says, speak to that mountain. Speak to that mountain and say, be removed, be cast into the sea. And do not doubt in your heart, but believe in your heart that those things God has said shall come to pass for you. So 10 spies brought back an evil report. They said, we, can't, we just can't do it. Even though God said it's for us, we just can't possess it. We can't fulfill that destiny because there's giants in the land. In fact, the, the, the giants were so ferocious, we were like, in our own sight, grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. That's a lot of fear. That's a lot of fear going on. They said, we're just too small. They had lost their vision. Huh? All except for Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua was of the attitude, let us go up at once and possess the land. We're more than able to take it. But the other tw 10 said, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. This is why the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried and they wept because they thought death was at the door. They forgot about what God said, what God had promised them, what God had destined for them. I remember years ago, I almost lost my vision. You, you see, growing up, my sister, Dr. Hunt, I remember her prophesying to me that I was going to preach one day. I didn't want to hear it. I remember I could just walk in a church service somewhere, and a prophet of God would call me out and tell me God's destiny for my life. And so I came to a place where instead of denying it and resisting it, I came to a place where I was reluctantly accepting it. But I wanted to do it on my terms, not God's. So I began to negotiate with God. I'll do it when I get old. Huh? 
You see, I didn't have any vision for it. And, but, but for the grace of God, I would have died in my own wilderness spiritually if God wasn't so great, gracious and merciful. I had no vision. And this is why a lot of you haven't done anything with your lives. You don't have a vision for what God has said concerning your lives. And when you don't have a vision for what God has said in your life, you will fall short of your destiny because of your wilderness. In other words, you will believe your circumstances over what God has said. And that's what the ten spies did. That's what the congregation of Israel did, the first generation. They believed the circumstances rather than the promise of God of their destiny. So it's a lack of vision. So what causes us to fall short of fulfilling our, our vision when we're in the wilderness? Then it's unbelief. It's unbelief. What is unbelief? We don't take God at his word enough. It's faithlessness. Instead of having faith, you're faithlessness. In other words, you're, instead of being full of faith, you're empty of faith. You're full of unbelief. But what did God say to the Hebrews or through, through the Hebrews, through the writer of the Hebrews? In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, and I want you to notice verse 19 as well. And verse 12, 12 there's a warning about unbelief. God says, take heed, beware, lest in any of you there be found an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. What is God saying to us there? God is saying you got to be careful. Just because you're in the wilderness, just because you're facing a hard test and trial, God says, take heed, lest there be found in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Not to take God in his word. God says that's evil. And unbelief comes from an evil heart. And God says, when you do that, you're departing from me. And I want you to walk with me. You're departing from the living God. Then verse 19 of Hebrews chapter 3 says, and I want you to notice the language there. It, it didn't say that Israel would not enter in the promised land it didn't say that. It said that Israel could not enter into the promised land. There's some things that you will never be able to do until you get delivered from the unbelief, that evil heart of unbelief, until you get delivered from that evilness in your heart. And God says, it's evil not to believe what I have for your life. That's evil. So it's unbelief. It's unbelief. Then there's disobedience. That's what causes us to fall short of our destiny when we're in the wilderness. Disobedience. Disobedience. What is disobedience? It's disbelief. It's rebellion. You chose not to believe God. You chose to do it your way. And that's what I tried to do. I tried to do it my way, but it didn't work out. Huh? I was in rebellion. And things did not work out until I came in alignment with God. 
And when I came in alignment with God, then my mental sight returned, my vision returned. And I can see it. I can see it, and because I can see it by faith, I can believe it. But disobedience will cause you to fall short of your destiny in the wilderness, just like Israel. Here, Israel, not only did he lose their vision, here, Israel, not only filled with unbelief, they are so disobedient, they're saying, no, 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 we're not going to that land of milk and honey. Let us select a captain. Let us choose a captain, and let's return back to Egypt. Do you understand what they're saying? They said, let us go back to slavery. Let us go back to bondage. Let us go back with destitute, degradation, and oppression. Let us go back to that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine any situation in your life that would make you want to go back to Egypt when Egypt speaks of darkness and sin? What could hurt that bad in the wilderness that we will that we want to make you go back to the place God delivered you from. You've fallen short of your destiny in your wilderness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 6 says, The wrath of God, the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. You know what God's wrath is? It's God's righteous indignation. It's God's anger. I don't want God to be angry at me. And when God gives us a plan and a purpose for our life, he says, I know the plans I have for your life. They're plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And when God revealed those plans and we've refused those plans through unbelief, and disobedience, Colossians says, the wrath of God comes upon the children, the sons of disobedience. I don't want God angry at me. I want God to smile on me. I want God to look at me and say, that's my friend. Glory to God. What causes us to fall short of our destiny in the wilderness you know, everybody goes through the wilderness. Nobody's exempt from the wilderness. The same way God didn't give Israel a shortcut, he won't give us a shortcut. He won't give you a shortcut, won't give me a shortcut. God takes us about the way of the wilderness because he has to get some things out of us and put some things in us. He has to get us into a place that when we see that door of destiny open and we walk in it, we never walk out of it. Amen? So what causes us to fall short of our destiny in the wilderness? Is it a lack of vision? Is it unbelief? Is it disobedience? What about doubt and fear? What about doubt and fear? Here in Numbers chapter 14, Israel is filled now with doubt and fear. Anytime there's you have doubt, fear is going to follow doubt. And anytime you have fear first, then doubt's going to follow the fear. Doubt and fear. Israel is doubting God. They're doubting Moses. They're doubting Aaron. They're filled with fear because of what they heard. They heard. They didn't see it firsthand. But they heard 10 people say 
They heard ten spies say there were giants in the land, the sons of Anak. And we were grasshoppers in old sight. And so were we theirs. They didn't see the giants, but the ten spies saw the giant. And now they're doubting. The ten spies sold seeds of doubt. Don't let nobody sow seeds of doubt in your heart. If God showed you something, if God told you something, you hold on to that. You hold on to that. Nobody should ever determine, as I said before, how you should see yourself. And neither should you agree in what you believe, how they see you, if it's not in line with God's word. You want to see yourself the way God does. Amen? And in the sight of God, you are special. You are peculiar. Just like Israel is a special people to God, you are a special people to God. You are a, a, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation unto God. Glory to God. So there's doubt. There's doubt and there's fear. What is doubt? What, what is doubt? We know what fear is, but what is doubt? Doubt is to hesitate. It's to hesitate. God's shown you something, and he said, this is yours. This is for you. This is your destiny. And because of something that happened in your wilderness, you're going to hesitate? God calls that doubt. Doubt is to withdraw. What are you withdrawing? You're withdrawing your faith. You had faith until you heard about the giants. You were excited about going to fulfill your destiny until you heard about the giants. Now you want to withdraw your faith in God's plan and purpose for your life? You want to withdraw your faith into what God says is my pleasure of my will? You hesitate and you withdraw your faith. God calls that doubt. And we know what fear is. Fear is to be alarmed. They, Israel were very alarmed when they heard about giants. Fear is to be in terror. They were terrorized. They thought they were just going to die. They did die. Not because of the giants. They died because of their lack of vision. They died because of their unbelief. They died because of their disobedience. They died because of their doubt and their fear. Their corpses died in the wilderness. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, a wonderful chapter in the Bible where God says to Israel, these same group of people that had come out of Egypt, and this is now the second generation of Israelites that have been raised up. Before they actually went into the promised land, God said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he said, if you diligently... If you diligently obey my voice and keep my commandments and obey all my commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you. Then you read, there's about 13 verses that follow filled with blessings. Then after the 13 verses of blessings stop, then God says to them, if you do not, if you do not diligently listen to my voice, and obey my commandments, then all these curses will come upon you. And one of the curses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 66 is this. 
It has to do with doubt. It has to do with fear. God's Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South, New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.